Are you someone you know battling cancer? Welcome to Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feld, where you get to be part of a live consultation with a patient diagnosed with cancer. I was never close to my father. In fact, I found out that he passed away from colon cancer six months after he died. I never got to be with him during his struggle. This podcast and the cutting-edge integrative cancer therapies I offer at my center are my chance to do what I didn't get to do for my father. Tune in as I get to know the struggles and victories of my guests while battling cancer. We will discuss natural medicine and how it can safely be integrated into traditional oncology care. You are not alone in your struggle. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me today on Integrative Cancer Solution with Dr. Carl Felt. Uh, you have been cancer-free for how long now? Well, I don't really consider it cancer-free. We don't know clearly, but my stage four breast cancer has been inactive for four and a half years now. So stage four, so that means it metastasized then into other locations. Correct. Metastasized to my bones, two spots on my spine, multiple lesions in my iliac bone and the biggest uh, mets in my femur. Okay. And so when you were diagnosed, I mean, how did you go about thinking that I may have breast cancer? How, how did you find that out? I was going for a regular checkup, doctor's checkup. I did not had not seen a regular doctor for several years. And when the doctor was checking, she noticed a, uh, can't think of the word, but a mark in my breast, um, like a, Lump or a little... Not uh, a lump, but more like a line. Okay, was, was it like a streaking that was taking yeah, place? Yeah, something or? like that. Uh-huh, okay. It wasn't really... You couldn't really see the tumor itself, but you could see that it made like a... So I guess it made a um, change in the shape of my breast. Okay, okay, a little indentation or something like that. Maybe a more indentation kind of Yeah, okay. And so with that, then she suggested a mammogram... She suggested a mammogram, but my mother has told me from the beginning to avoid mammograms. So I emphasized to have an ultrasound instead. I had to do a little fighting for it. She was over it for it, but the ultrasound place was saying you first need to have mammogram. But after a second try, I was able to go first for an ultrasound. And when having the ultrasound, they were telling me right there that I'm going to need chemo. And I screamed and cried. They did uh, convince me there to also have a mammogram. And I did have that. Mm -hmm. And for that, we went for a following that when a biopsy and that confirmed it. At that time, I was told that it was estimated to be um, stage two, and I was recommended a lumpectomy. I did my own research, and I did not want chemo, and I did not want radiation. So based on my research and a little talk here and there, I decided to go for a bilateral mastectomy, hoping to avoid those radiation and chemo. However, taking the time to do the research, it took two and a half months until I went for the mastectomy and the mastectomy uh, pathology confirmed that it was stage three and there I was recommended chemo and radiation. Okay. And so I'm curious, kind of going backwards a little bit. So why not a mammogram where you set against the mammogram? What I understand it can cause some cancer in some ways. I'm not clearly sure about it, but I get the impression it involves more radiation. Well, ultrasound doesn't involve any radiation. And generally, the pressing of the breast doesn't sound, uh, from what I've heard, is good no. for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to crush the breast, and then that in itself can release a bunch of cancer cells if it's already in there. So with the ultrasound, what was their pushback for other people that may want to go down that path? I mean, what was... The medical profession was their pushback, and what did you use as an argument to uh, 
to get it? Mainly, I think it's based on the mammograms considered the normal thing here in the United States. So that's the, I get the impression that's what the FDA recommendations are. So they're just following the regular things. Mm -hmm. Pretty much at first when I called and they wanted an ultrasound, they said, no, I could not. But the second time I called and I spoke to a different person, I asked and I was able to do it. So I don't, I really didn't have to argue too much. It was more just trying multiple times and speaking with different people. Good. Yeah. So it's just persistence. And, and, and that's the thing for a lot of people to know is that they have their way of doing things. Doesn't mean that you can't do it in a different way. And um, so if you feel that it should be done in a different way for your own care, then it's okay to express that because otherwise they'll just go through their normal routine that may or may not be beneficial for you. I agree. Self-advocacy is important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you did not want to do chemo. You did not want to do radiation. I mean, how so you did the bilateral uh, mastectomy. When did you find out that it was in other places? That took, um, so it was in, first diagnosed in May of 2013, and then I had a mastectomy in July of that year. I ended up going for radiation, but I refused um, chemotherapy, and I refused the um, tamoxifen hormone blocking drug. Mm -hmm. Just two months after finishing radiation, I started to feel pain in my leg. I waited a few um, months, and then I pointed out to my doctor, and with that, she did bone scan, and that identified lesion in my femur, and then in... It was fully confirmed biopsy in May of 2014, so less than a year after the mastectomy that it had metastasized to the femur. And soon after, we had a PET scan that confirmed it also in the spine and the mm-hmm. pelvis bone. Yeah, So when, and that's another important thing. Yeah, when you are dealing with cancer and you start to feel pain somewhere, you know, to make sure that you know, your oncologist or somebody checks that out, right? The month or two after the um, radiation had finished, before I started to feel the pain, one of the regular tumor markers was done, and it was a little high, and my oncologist completely ignored that it was a little high. I think somewhere there I pointed out to her, it's a little high, and she said, well, this was my first tumor marker, so she was saying, well, maybe that's your normal. (laughs) So be careful. (laughs) Yeah, and again, it's important to advocate for yourself and to fight for yourself. So what, what, which marker were you using for your breasts? Was this CA, you know, 27, 29, or which marker were you following? I think that was, a, I can't really remember which one that was in, because soon after the, that, as soon as it was confirmed it was stage four, I did not like how that oncologist did not pay attention to when my tumor mark was high, so I changed um, oncologists oh, pretty much as soon as I got um, stage four. And that's a good call. <laughs> and that's, that's important also is to know that you are the customer. <laughs> I mean, you're the one paying you know, their bill. So if you don't like what they're doing, you should find somebody that you can resonate with and and work with. I agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. Beautiful. So, and did a lot of people have kind of pushback when they're not wanting to do the chemo within their family? I mean, did you deal with that as well, where people were concerned and scared, do this, we don't want to lose you? Uh, Yeah. The thing is my mother supports me, at least at that time, my mother is a pretty much against medicines altogether. My husband at that time, he wanted me to um, go for the chemo and my stepmother was supporting me to go for the chemo. I had my mother and my husband come with me to see to my psychologist and I had her emphasize to them, let me make my decisions. 
don't tell me what to do and let don't give me my, your opinion even unless I ask for your opinion. Let me make my own decisions. <laughs> and how, how did they respond to that? It helped a lot. Okay. My, um, they went back and more supported me on what I was doing. Okay, good, good. So that way they kind of handed over so you were empowered in your own decision, recognizing it was your own body, your own choice. Um, so wonderful. So what... So you did the radiation, you now found that it had metastasized. What was your next step in that process? Once diagnosed with stage four, I did accept um, the conventionals to um, have a surgery on my femur. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first moment I was sounded in my mind that I was going to be wheelchair bound the rest of my life, but I can't forget the time when the surgeon um, asked me, what is it that I, in everyday life that I would like to be able to do afterwards? Yeah. And my favorite activity is dancing. And um, I'm so happy I've been able to dance. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Wonderful. So along with that surgery, um, I had my ovaries removed and I went on um, anastrozole and Exgiva, anastrozole, the hormone blocker, and Exgiva, bone strengthener. I myself did my own little research and um, went prior or right after the mastectomy, prior to the radiation, I started to see a integrative doctor. And that integrated, this was before the radiation, the integrative doctor had recommended or had me take the RGCC test that I recommended um, supplements. And I went on that. And their dietitian recommended me go on a um, bone, I mean, a um, blood type diet. I somewhat went on it, except for they recommended for me to, um, based on my blood type, for me to um, eat a lot of meat. And I already was a vegetarian. And even prior to that, at the beginning of my diagnosis, I had decided to go completely vegan. Mm -hmm. Um, So I somewhat followed what the diet said not to eat, but I didn't um, follow um, to eat all the meat and those type of things. But they also recommended me to do hyperbaric oxygen, IV vitamin C, and to do detoxing. But -hmm. those things that were expensive and time-consuming, I did not do. I felt like I wanted to go back into everyday life. But as soon as I, even before I was fully diagnosed with stage four, but as started to be the bone scan identified a lesion, I immediately went on to IV vitamin C and hyperbaric oxygen. Oh, great. And so with IVC, I mean, there are different strengths. How much were you doing each time? At first, I was recommended 50 grams um, three times a week. But um, soon after I um, found a um, naturopath and close, closer to home, he had a machine that could assess how much my body could absorb at a time. And it identified I could take 75 grams. So I went for um, 75 grams twice a week. Okay, great. Great. Yeah. I mean, there's a way you can measure kind of the, the blood sugar level pre and post. And that way you can see then if we are, you're hitting the target rate, uh, so to say, with the amount of vitamin C. Uh, So you were doing hyperbaric and then vitamin C twice a week for how long? For that first, for one year, I was doing IVC twice a week and hyperbaric once a week. Though I was recommended hyperbaric more often, but at first I couldn't stand it. It felt pressure in my head. Yeah. At first, I only I was recommended 90 minutes three times a week, but I at first I only did 45 minutes once a week. Then I started to get used to it and went to 90 minutes. Then after one year, I was inactive, or I mean the cancer was inactive altogether. Mm-hmm. And so that time I completely stopped IV vitamin C because my veins could no longer take the needles. Yeah. And I decided to try out a cheaper um, hyperbaric oxygen. Okay. Yes. 
and how, so with what kind of supplement program did you do the first year? So you had the RGCC test and that is the, the Greek test that tests on the circulating tumor cells it ch- and tests, you know, some of the genomics as well with the cancer. At, the, at that time, I don't think they had so many tests, at least that I was not aware of. At that time, it was just, just assessed onto what supplements and what um, drugs were most effective with my personal okay. cancer cells. Okay, so it did not test the circulating tumor cell at that we, time. No, so uh, in recent years, I have been doing that. Just okay. the last few years. Okay. And that's a great way to assess, to see where you're at and if anything is brewing that you're concerned about to, you know, by monitoring that circulating tumor cell count. I also would like to identify during that first year of stage four, along with hyperbaric oxygen and IV vitamin C, I also got pulse electromagnetic field therapy. It was emphasized to me that that helps activate the immune system and also help spread the oxygen and the vitamin C across the body. Mm-hmm. Also, I acupuncture, I think especially focused towards the, the liver and the spleen, also focused on detoxing, variety of manners, one thing, avoiding toxins as much as possible, doing coffee and enema, hydrocolonics, ionic foot bath, and occasionally um, taking, uh, using the core plus liver cleanse kit. Okay. So doing a variety of those things, as well as one other thing I did regularly. <laughs> That's okay. And did you use any saunas, like infrared sauna? For I really didn't get at that time. First, when I was stage three, I was recommended that. At that when I got to stage four, really that was not told to me until a little later. I was told, um, really, I don't even need to use sauna; just sweat. And yeah, get, yeah. Get it out that way. Uh huh. Yeah. And the yeah, ionic foot bath is so powerful to kind of clear all that junk out. Were there any kind of uh, sub? So you're doing the supplements, and then also I know that there are certain supplements that you are kind of putting together in your program to control, so to say, the drivers of the cancer. Uh, At the beginning, according to RGCC, I was recommended artemisinin, PQQ, EGCG, vitamin C, broccoli sprouts for the sulforaphane, mm-hmm. curcumin, CoQ10, quercetin, and indole-3-carbonyl along with um, vitamin D, calcium, and magnesium for the bone, and um, melatonin. Okay. Um, Now I take um, some of those same stuff, but quite a few different. And then generally over these last seven years, it's been evolving. So there's quite a few things that's been in between. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you were doing then the kind of regular IVC, and then you stopped after a little bit or slowed down. You said you did kind of a cheaper version of the hyperbaric. Uh-huh. Just the one other thing that I started um, at the beginning of my stage four is I changed diets to um, a vegan ketogenic diet. Okay. So what's that look like? Because when you, you hear ketogenic, you think lots of fat and lots of protein or lots of meat. So what does a kind of a plant-based ketogenic look like? My common breakfast is my homemade cereal of hemp seeds, mostly hemp seeds, some chia seeds, spiced with some cinnamon and a pinch of stevia liquidated with almond milk and topped with some walnuts. The first year I completely skipped fruit. And after that, I added some berries on top. Okay. Okay. And such as um, commonly I eat a gourmet um, salad with um, dark green leaf vegetables, include whatever, make it gourmet with olives, a little bit of artichoke heart, a little bit of tomatoes, lots of seeds and some nuts. So um, focus on the more, um, 
high fat ones the less and avoid the low carb ones like cashews mm-hmm. and my um, dressing is um, guacamole Ooh, that sounds and, delicious and then i often um, cook various cooked vegetable dishes such as uh, i love indian food my favorite one is um sog the spinach dish um, uh-huh. sometimes i allow a few little beet chickpeas in it, but um, because those are more high in carb, I more often um, substitute that with cauliflower. Or um, I have found uh, in more recent years they have um, hemp foo, tofu made of hemp seeds. Oh, cool! And then uh, I also like the cauliflower potato dish from in- India, but I skip the potatoes and just eat the cauliflower. Yeah. And then I also um, st- just steam um, cruciferous vegetables, and either I put spices on, or I might. Um, little t- unsweetened tomato marinara sauce on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been able to do quite a few different dishes, um, such as creating pizza with um, cauliflower and almond flour crust and um, use um, almond cheese along with a um, thick layer of spinach. Yeah. And they're, they're getting better at creating cheeses that are dairy free. Yeah. So they're, I agree. they're getting, it was pretty horrific a number of years ago. At the beginning, I didn't find any cookbooks to really, I just found my own dishes and like looked for recipes and found ways to substitute. But nowadays I see there's quite a few cookbooks that specifying them like vegan keto. So there's quite a few options right now. Is there one, is like certain resources that you think would be really good to point people towards? Or is there a certain book that you think, uh, this book, I'm really glad I got this book. I really haven't gotten any book, but I did see in a presentation um, where... I feel some trust in the writer. I, I don't remember the name, but like clear green keto or something like that. Okay. Sounded like. And then I just pretty much Google and you can look at all the different options. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google is amazing in that way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so you did that. So you had the diet, you did the RGC supplements, and then also you did the vitamin C hyperbaric, you know, high dose vitamin C. And then also importantly, you took control of your own health. Yeah. Meaning that you, you didn't you know, kind of follow what other people thought that you should do. You kind of listened intuitively and felt that this is how I feel is right. And this is how God is guiding me in this process. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so with that, then you were uh, considered to be then in remission, correct? Nobody really used that word, but um, that it was clear generally from my friends on Facebook, I've u- been using the word dead, N-E-A-D. No evidence uh-huh. of active disease. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And to my understanding in the stage four world, we don't, some use the word remission, but we understand remission mean to be that you don't have cancer. So okay. But from okay. what we understand, still have cancer. Yeah. But then after that, after that one year and I stopped IVC and I went for a cheaper type of hyperbaric oxygen, six months later, my next PET scan showed that the cancer acted up my spine and my femur again. Okay. At that time I was recommended to change drugs from hyperbar I mean from anastrozole to ibrantz and phospholidex. I had already been recommended ibrantz somewhere in the middle of the first year, but it, it was not fully FDA approved, so I did not want to be a um, guinea pig on something that wasn't even approved. But at that time I when recommended phospholidex and ibrantz, I refused it. Mm-hmm. I just stayed on anastrozole and I went back onto um, IVC and hyperbaric oxygen. Mm-hmm. It's time to avoid because of my um, veins not being able to take too much needles. I went for 75 grams IVC once a week and hyperbaric oxygen three times a week. Okay. 
And in one year, it was all inactive again. And that just shows the power of just those two therapies because that's exactly. how you changed. I emphasize those two are my most clearest keys. Maybe the other things help too, but we can see that even with the drug or whatever and other things without the IDC and the hyperbaric oxygen, I would have had changed drugs and whatever if I had gone the regular way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you're on the drugs and <laughs> you're eating your same diet, you're taking your same supplements. And the cancer started to act up again. And then you brought in the vitamin C IV, the hyperbaric, and cancer was, there was no evidence of active disease anymore. Exactly. And that's been four and a half years. And so far, no evidence of active metastatic breast cancer. Yeah. So the last, uh, since 2016, I've been having several th episodes of melanoma, not oh. related. <laughs> okay. Not related. Okay. Yeah. In some yeah. way, based on in 2016, it was a stage two. In 2017, it was stage three. With that, I was my integrative doctor highly recommended I have Keytruda for that immunotherapy. Mm -hmm. But um, we specifically did another RGC test, and they recommended Keytruda. But um, the regular oncologist refused that and gave me a different immunotherapy. Mm -hmm. um, but my oncologist says, maybe I'm doing so good um, not having I, I, um, the stage four breast cancer. Maybe the immunotherapy might have helped with it. Yeah. You don't know, no sure about it. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you don't know, but you're doing good now. I mean, that's what matters. Correct. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so did you do any of the other type of repurposed drugs like ivermectin, menbendazole, uh, doxycycline, any of those types? It was mentioned, my integrative doctor mentioned it once, but I really want to avoid drugs. I hate the idea of drugs. However, in early 2000, 2020, it was identified by the F-scan that I have uh, parasites, okay. um, liver fluke. Mm -hmm. And so we first tried to treat it with the um, firefly, but that didn't work. We did another test and it still was active. So then I was put on ivermectin. So I was on ivermectin for a few months to treat it. Okay. But still was active. So then I was put on Praziquantel um, okay. last winter, but pretty much only for the parasite purposes, but not for uh, treating the cancer. Okay. Okay. Because I, I know there are a lot of people that use ivermectin successfully with cancer as well. So it's, it's mm -hmm. one of those. To be honest, I have not heard of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So F-scan, tell me a little bit about that. It's really hard to find them. Um, detailed information, but um, if you Google um, Dr. Bale, B-A-L-E, and F-Scan, um, person in charge of that at the uh, integrative clinic where I go, and it's pretty, he somewhat described it, but it's way too complex for me to have really any description of it, but um, pretty much it's something where it doesn't touch me, but he's holding something here or whatever, and somehow they're scanning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's so- or To something. be honest, that was the- I think, yeah, that's, a, I think that's the firefly that I'm speaking of. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. The, I think the F-scan held something, if I remember right. <laughs> F-scan, traditionally, that's with uh, Dr. Royal uh, Rife. It, is, it has these uh, different frequencies that you run through that you can then do for parasites or cancer, or which is, can be really, really powerful. So, yeah, but, and that's what's so incredible is that there are a lot of these different devices out there that can then find the frequencies of like parasites, fungus, viruses, uh, toxins, you know, cancer, and then you can then kind of preemptively then address these 
yeah, uh, before they become very chronic or yeah, uh, really yeah, explode and, and you get other diseases from it. So exactly. Yeah. So there, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of little neat devices out there <laughs> and various tests as well to help. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and uh, so for all cancer patients out there that have been newly diagnosed, what are some of the are there any additional tips that you would like to give them that you would have wanted to know yourself? when you were diagnosed that you wish you would have known? Well, especially if you have stage four, don't think you're facing the death wall that you can live. I'm so happy that I've lived so far seven years with stage four. And I've heard of people living 30 years with stage four and who knows with everything else coming up that we'll be able to live longer. Just don't just listen to what the doctor says, go and meet with variety of doctors, conventional as well as variety of integrative or holistic or whatever. And, do your own research and identify what is best for you and what you feel comfortable with, such as diet. I get the impression that maybe the regular um, keto diet is right for some, alkaline is other, vegan keto was best for me. But identify what type of diet would you be make sense to you and you would be able to stick to. Things can be costly, but if you put your efforts into it, there's ways to find ways to overcome the costs, such as... Uh, some of the places that the clinic I, I see my integrative doctor in, um, hyperbaric there is about 250. Another clinic I went to was 250. But at other places, I've been able to get it down to 100 or even down to $75 per treatment. Same with vitamin C, IVC. You can get it down if you explore around and see what your options are and also negotiate. Currently, I'm getting hyperbaric oxygen at a place where the regular price is $275, and I'm getting it for $100 um, based on negotiating and being a regular patient with them. And speak up for yourself. Be a self-advocate. Think of what is best for you. What are you comfortable with? And when the, your doctor doesn't seem to be listening to you, I'd say go find another doctor. I've changed oncologists about five times during these last eight years. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and stay strong and i would say one thing other that we haven't spoken about is maybe you're not religious but trusting god has helped me a lot and thinking of the strength that it provides me and focus on the present don't so focus so much on the fear of the future but focus on the present i love to live my life to the fullest as it is now each day and help others but i focus on taking care of myself first Awesome. I love it. Love it. Yeah. We, we actually at our center, we started a program called God's healing love where we, we have a prayer warrior that come and teaches the, uh, the individual with cancer, also the family, you know, how to pray for healing. And yeah, I think that is such a powerful component in healing. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, that's where healing comes from. Yep. I agree. <laughs> yeah. right. well, I'm, I'm currently writing a book. Show me the way I should go. Psalms 143 with metastatic breast cancer. I love that. I love that. When do you think that may be available? Can't tell clearly because so far I'm going slowly, but I have a dream of it being finished maybe somewhere early in the next year. <laughs> okay, wonderful. Wonderful. I'm really excited. And Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on to the show today because these, I mean, these pearls of wisdom from somebody that has gone through it is worth everything for somebody that's just starting the journey. So thank you. Well, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> thank you. The information this podcast is for educational purposes only, and it's not designed to diagnose or treat any disease. 
I hope this podcast impacted you as it did me. Please subscribe so that you can be notified when new episodes are released. There's some excellent shows coming up that you do not want to miss. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please take a moment to write a review. And please don't keep this information to yourself. Share them with your family and friends. You never know what piece of information that will transform their lives. For past episodes and powerful information on how to conquer cancer, go to integrativecancersolutions.com. If you would like to know more about the cutting-edge integrative oncology therapies my center offers, please visit thecarlfeldcenter.com. Thank you for spending this time with us, and I hope to see you at our next episode of Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feldt.